wondered what goes on in the mind of your favorite writer? The emotions. The emotions. Each lie. Everything put together into one book, an experience to cast your mind into a world of endless possibilities. This is Bookcast with Michael Olatumbosu. Today, let's look the way of poetry as we examine the work October Blues, a collection of poems written by Obiageli Ilua Kassier and published in 2021 by Libretto. The poet Obiageli is a storyteller, literary critic, and freelance editor. Her art captures contemporary issues in Africa and beyond, and she explores them in diverse aesthetic forms. Obiageli's works have appeared in several blogs and online platforms. She has previously published a short storybook titled Twitter Street. In this collection, there are 121 poems spread across four thematic sections. The poet opens the collection with a poem titled Independence Day Anniversary. In this poem, the poet paints a picture of a nation that has not come to terms with itself and its people are referred to as ones who do not have an idea of where they are headed. In this poem, the country whose independence is celebrated on 1st October still lacks definition and has perpetually defied one. It's a country that wanders thoughtlessly in the cold. The narrative about a nation without compass continues with the opening set of poems in this first section of the collection. Basically written in October 2020, the poems in this section deal with the 60th Independence Day of Nigeria. The poet persona is still on the imagery of thoughtless adventure of the nation. The poet persona here muses about the state of motionlessness predicated upon a shaky foundation and a people who are incapable of redirecting their nation. In the poem, The Beginning of Death, the poet laments the abduction and murder of her brother and promises that she will get justice for him someday. Afterwards, and in a number of verses in this collection, we see the poet persona in the crossfire and siege of carnage which the beastly leadership of the nation has heaped on the people. In some cases, we read about the plunder visited on homes and villages of the innocent who are goaded into a war about which they know nothing. In this collection, the poet writes verses in protest against state-sponsored brutality, violence and abuses meted out against the people by agents of state described as savage inbreeds who ripped life out of us in a land that is so full of grief and death consumes the young and old. For the poet, the most unacceptable matter about this urgy of blood is that the state has feigned ignorance of the demands of the young ones. Hear the poet here. Even till now, the authorities have not asked what our demands are. They have not looked our way. We stay awake all day, crying out for an end to the brutalities we face. At night, when we should rest, we stay up for the hope morning brings. But the poet concludes with the assurance that the protest will continue. Hear the poet. When morning comes, we will count ourselves alive and for our lost brothers, we will continue this revolution. You are still listening to Bookcast with Michael Olatsumbosun. I'm still discussing the book, October Blues, a collection of poems written by Obiageli Iloa Kassia. In this collection, the poet employs the shadow as a metaphor for faceless agents of death, a band of bandits and marauders who empty people's homes and leave dust and death behind. These shadow men are perpetually in the mix when news of death and inferno are mentioned. The poet persona blames these shadows for swallowing and slaying young innocent people for no just cause. 
The poet assures the reader that justice will be served in his time, and then there will be closure and healing. And a recurring mantra of the poet in this work is that those who will fight to invoke justice, freedom, and closure in this land are the youth. The poet persona sings a dirge about a country in descent. She sees a country that takes delight in the slaughter of its own, a land where virtues are vices and vices are virtues. In this song, the poet persona avers, and I quote now, People looted and were called heroes. Miscreants walked fearlessly as gods on the street. Hoodlums became armored knights, and vandals were our torchlights at night. End of quote. For the poet, it is unfortunate that the victim is made to apologize for crime committed against him and made to pay for the oppression of the oppressor. In the second section of the collection, the poet presents verses that are predicated on the wordings of the first national anthem. In what appears to be a face-to-face dialogue with our nation, the poet employs the old Nigerian anthem to interrogate the present-day Nigeria. The second part of this section of the collection also features Nigeria's current national anthem. Here the poet quips about the state of the nation in the face of the clarion call that heralds the anthem. For instance, the poet cautions her compatriots in this one titled, Compatriots Call This Way. Arise, O compatriots, before you rise, make sure they have no guns. A true compatriot should serve, but how can you serve a nation where service is a death sentence? All compatriots, fight for our nation's cause. But before the fight begins, make sure your hands are loaded with real weapons. End of quote. But soon after, the poet admonishes her compatriots not to answer the call to loot, but to serve, to choose the path where peace and unity are traits of the new Nigeria. I'm still discussing the work, October Blues, a collection of poems written by Obiageli Iloa Kasia. The third section of the work is a collection of dirges. The poems in this section are dedicated to fellow citizens, brothers and sisters who died as victims of a failed system. They include Tina Ezekwe, Ayomide Taiwo, Tiamiyu Kazim, Ifioma Abugu, Rinja Bala, Kolade Johnson, among others. Section 4 is a collection of the poet's musings about intricate feelings and realities, unanswered questions, and other things. In one of the poems, The New God, the poet takes a dig at those who block us on the road in their black attire and compel us to show them love. These people in black, the poet persona says, extort road users by squeezing out 50 naira from our pockets. In The Nation Builder, the poet chronicles the life of a thief and the trajectory of thievery from little stealing to becoming a leading thief and then on to stealing a nation. The poet writes here, and I quote now, The fourth time I stole, I stole a whole country and sought for where to hide it. In the end, I dumped it in my slack pocket. End of quote. The poet also writes a lamentation about the lifeless bodies of the Agatu and Naka people of Benue from whom blood gushes and whose land is now a pool of blood. The poet persona here strongly advocates for strong voices to come out to put an end to these killings made out to a helpless people who have the best of foods but die in abject poverty. In this collection, October Blues, Obiageli writes about the Chibok girl's abduction of 2014. In the poem titled Chibok 2014, the poet writes about the chaos that engulfed the land as her sisters run for their lives. The poet laments the now empty streets of a city which has lost its substance because ancient walls swallowed them. The poet also plays on the imagery of emptiness as encapsulated in the president's recycled manifesto in the poem Commonwealth 
The part muses on this anniversary, the president will read his manifesto again with the reaffirming words that changed nothing in the last four years. His manifesto is a mockery of how our rights are being used against us. On this anniversary, we are reminded again that our votes never count. In this collection, the poet persona suggests that government basically only exists for those in government, while the people are just props for those in power to get there. So the poet persona calls for a return of power to the people. The rest of the collection's fourth section is dedicated to the poet's random interrogation of the propensity of the government to promise peace and at the same time start a war, particularly against its youth. The poet wonders why the government essentially promises freedom and abundance while it takes delight in creating chaos. Ultimately, this collection is a clear manifestation of a poet's anger, pain and battle with a nation that she is equally passionately hopeful about. The poet's patriotic voice is perpetually loud, reverberating across the work, even as she continually questions the moral and governance integrity of those in power. You are still listening to Bookcast with Michael Olatsumbosun. In this conversation, Obiageli Ilua Kasia talks about her motives for writing the collection, October Blues, and challenges us all to do our part in making this nation great again. Obiageli, welcome to the program. Thank you so much. Why did you write this work? Of poetry. Like everyone that sets up to write, I think you always feel like you have a story to share with the world. No one sets up to write without the message. Regardless of what the message is, whether good, bad, credible or not, you must have a message to share. And I felt like the event from October 2020 is so significant and something I would want to share my thoughts on. Actually, on the 1st of October 2020, I had made a tweet on my Medium page and somehow people were sharing and retweeting it. I think the title is Fox the Nigerian Dream or something. So along the line, somehow that night, I wrote a poem and the next day and somehow the whole fight to enter started to do. So I decided, okay, you know what, let's do this as a journal. Then along the line, I figured that, oh, well, no, we have 31 days already, and we have found that we have 31 days, mm. so we started to work with the publisher. First of all, I'm looking at the first poem, uh, written 1st October 2020, right? Independence Day anniversary. This was when Nigeria turned 60. You said today, we are 60 years old still. We wander thoughtlessly in the cold. So for you, you have an imagery of movement uh, without a compass and you made reference to it um, almost everywhere in this work so you think that this is a country i mean nigeria that doesn't have a definition of where it wants to go so basically what i was trying to say is before that 2020 we had started to see videos online about all the things that were happening and almost everyone is tired of the corruption the bad leadership in nigeria it's like we don't even know where we're headed as a country so many people are Oh, it's time to jack out because really there's nothing for me here. So it's like there's no direction for most Nigerians. Some young Nigerians will tell you, oh, I have to go to school and find my way out of this country. Some people will tell you, oh, um, the best way to survive in this country is to get involved in one or two illegalities. Basically, you can hear or you can feel that there's really no hope. So it's like we don't even know where we're going to. And that's why I went ahead to say, okay, we wonder what's left in the cold. It's a situation where 
you don't even know what you're doing. No one really understands anymore. So I, I guess that's how this came about. That October 20, 2020 has been described as a landmark in the history of Nigeria, particularly the attitude of those who are in government to young people in this country. Mm-hmm. So I look at most of what you have here is bloodshed, death. There are some people you described as shadow men. Uh, mm-hmm. Basically, you are trying to tell us about the unknown gunmen or the people who shot at peaceful protesters on the 20th of October, 2020. Give me a sense of what you think generally about that NSAS protest of 2020, particularly leading to the 20th of October. Let me start by saying that the poem Black Tuesday, 20th of October 2020, was written on that particular day, the night of that day. Um, somehow I was in my office before I came down and I joined the protest. We saw people walk by. So I felt like, okay, this thing was getting serious. This was getting realer. And most Nigerians did not think, especially older Nigerians, like I was telling a friend, that you know what's going to happen in this election? Forget all these things we are, we are talking about right now. If you want the best for this country, you might have to hide your parents' voter's past. Mm-hmm. Because the most older Nigerians are more or less party loyalists. I met a call member that came to our office to ask us to help her do something. And we just engaged her somehow. We said, okay, who are you voting this year? She said, she doesn't know, but whoever... I said, what do you mean? Do you mean you know, she's, she's from the West? I, I can't remember exactly where she's from. She said, yeah, she has the mind of voting Peter Obi because everyone is talking about Peter Obi and everyone is talking about a better Nigeria. Mm. But she feels like her dad, because her dad is an APC supporter, mm. her dad is going to compel all of them to vote APC. In my most recent book, Candy, there's a poem titled Kyle, and I made it clear in, what, in that particular poem that a real revolution doesn't end at school. So before then, when people started to talk about the answers, videos started to surface online, I had spoken to a couple of people that actually confirmed to me that, okay, their brother or their family member, because books like this need a lot of research. You can't just put out like this, yes. I had read it, so videos were coming out online, but so many other Nigerians were saying, okay, this is a lie, these are lies, nothing is happening, no one shot. Even down till that night, people were still saying, oh, no one shot, actually. So... Either it was going this way or it was going that way. And that's why this book was deliberately written as poetry. I could have decided to use any other genre to write this book. But I decided to use poetry because, really, no one can question me here. It's my choice. I choose how to write it. I choose how to document the collection. Especially that we try not to even use names that can say, okay, this is who we're talking about. And that's why you mentioned the shadow men. However, the shadow men, when you, the reader, read, you decide who it is. So, um, and the whole entire process, I feel like, formed a reawakening in Nigeria. Even what I think today, I think it's as a result of that entire process. Some older people, or some, some people generally would say, okay, what did you guys gain out of the entire process? I think it woke everyone off. It made us realize that in the end, this is going to affect you too. If it's affecting me today, it's going to affect you tomorrow. And if Nigeria is better, it's going to be better for everyone. It's going to be better for all our collective interests. And the whole entire process still has a lot of questions. And like I said, that's why I decided to put out this collection to mark these historical parts in our lives. It's still very triggering for people. That's for people that have lost their lives, down to people that do not even want to talk about it. People that are here today, people that will come tomorrow, whoever it is, anyone that encounters the collection knows that, okay, 
some social time to social time, something like this happened. And that particular comes from 20 affairs last Tuesday. It's actually a recollection of that the event from that particular film. And in that poem, one of the stanzas here, you wrote here, I might die tomorrow, but if I do not, I will keep fighting. If I die, I die the victim and not a hero. You wrote here, we cried out because we got tired of being killed. Rather than shield us, our should-be protectors found more reasons to kill us. The sense I get here is that those who should be protecting the people in this country, particularly young people, are the ones that are oppressing them. And you have a very strong cane for the oppressors. You said that justice will be served. But we do not know when justice will be served. How do we get to a juncture where we will get a closure to this matter and justice would have been served. These are one of the very complex realities in life, especially in Nigeria, where people get away with just anything. Mm. Someone kills another, someone abducts another, and we keep trying and hearing the cases in court. And sometimes um, during that same period where people died in the empire prison, a lot of people still say that there was no shooting. So we're going to be maintaining here that no one was shot or no one shot life for it. But here's the thing. From the people that died, videos and pictures of the face online, people started to say, okay, they died for us. But the truth is, these people should never be called heroes, right? It's not like you let yourself out there to say, okay, I'm ready to die. The fact is that you are only speaking up for justice. Most of the people, some of sorry, no, some of the people that even died were the result of shooting. So how do you call these people heroes? So this seems of a failed system. When I say I might die tomorrow, the truth is I might be walking tomorrow and maybe some stripless is even going to land on me, who knows? Or someone is going to maybe there's, there's a race, yeah, they're just going to pack everyone and the end is no one might, or no one will hear that I even ever existed. So that's that thing is there. Those lines say I might die tomorrow, but if I don't die, I'll keep fighting for all of us. And that is what we're doing, believing, having the hope that one day it's going to get better, coming out to say, okay, we're going to have our PVCs to vote. Mm. Regardless of who it's been for, as long as you're convinced now that this is the better Nigeria you want, go ahead and vote for whoever you've got your PVCs to vote for. You are still listening to Bookcast with Michael Olatsumboso. My reading of this, your collection, tells me that on one hand, you are bitter against this country and the system. You described it as a failed system. And on the other hand, you are also hopeful that we can get things better and make this country better sometime in the future. And that leads me to the next stage, where it is your second section or so, where you were talking, uh, using the old national anthem, the new national anthem and the national pledge as the basis for the lines that you have here. I can see a patriotic Nigerian in you. How do you still manage to remain optimistic and be patriotic? When someone says what is home to you, some people say, okay, home is where the heart is. But the truth is, no matter how we keep, in the end, we are all Nigerians. Mm. And I'm someone that is very passionate about Nigeria. I'm someone that is very passionate about a system that works. Wherever I find myself, I say these things. So because this has happened, because we have watched the system fail us, because we've watched people die as a result of maybe carelessness, bad governance, doesn't mean that Nigeria is going to end. There's still hope for us, and we are the hope. As much as we are calling out bad governance, as much as we are calling out all the things we want to see change, all the changes we want to see, the truth is, in the end, I'm still Nigerian. 
wherever my name is heard, okay, she's Nigerian. No matter where I run to, I'm still Nigerian. So if you want these things to work, it has to be collective. And I still have that belief that someday Nigeria is going to be better. I see it getting better already. I do see it getting better. So that's what it is. Let's talk about you for a moment. The writing journey, how did it start for you? I think most of the type of literature I write centers on social justice, speaking out, and all those type of things. So I figured that, and someone that likes to talk about all these things wherever I find myself, I like to say, okay, let's stick by the truth and go with it. But it's not everything I can come somewhere and talk about. What do I do? I write them. And that's what's what so special about poetry for me because you get to express yourself just how you want and you hope that somehow, somewhere, someone is going to read it and connect with you. So for me, my writing journey is I have that sweet message or I have the spectacular message I want to share to, share with the world. Mm-hmm. I don't hold back on these things. I just write them. Mm-hmm. And somehow we also heal by writing. You can, you can tell that okay, for many people that write, for, for writers, you feel like, okay, once you put down something, you're better. Even when your head is so full or you feel like, okay, at this point, things are not going so well. I want to just write those things to get some sort of relief. So it's also having the boldness to share this story with the world. You know, sometimes you have this mixed feelings. Okay, when people read my work and it comes out, um, these people are saying it is good. You know, the world accepts it. What will it be like when these things are finally out? But regardless, when you have that push to do something, you just find yourself doing it. Okay, so can you tell me those who influenced your writing and, you know, helped you to find your voice. As a young Nigerian, we read a lot of African literature, especially that I'm so crazy about African literature. I would give credit to Chimamanda Adichie because she's been doing so well. She's incredible, she's doing so well, and she's helping so many of us find our voices. Someone else I like is a Ugandan poet, Okoti Bissett. He's famous for songs of Laulino. I love the way he writes. And these are people that share the type of thoughts I share. So we're asking for justice, we're asking for change, we're asking for a better society. So I can also just do credit people like Shino Achibe, people who her. Um, even in music, you talk about people like Stella because they're doing so well in social justice. Social justice is something I'm very particular about, and that's why I use my voice mm. to speak on those things. Mm. So there are so many other writers that I enjoy. But for the type of writing I like, I think these people have done remarkably well in shaping my voice or better helping me express myself. I've met many writers who say that um, well, sometimes they just drink some smoke uh, before the inspiration comes, how does it happen? One of my best times to write ever is when I'm in a bus. When and when I'm joining. When you're what? When, when you're in a bus? When I'm, I take the bus or I'm, you know, when I'm on the road, I feel like, okay, this bus has so huge. And then at night, some, sometimes I sleep and I wake up and I'm writing. Even in my office, sometimes, when I just stay quiet, maybe I, I, I talk a lot, I engage a lot. So when I just stay quiet, my colleagues will be like, this girl has started again. I think um, pain also helps me, makes me write pain when I'm sad, when I'm really down. I just have this need to express myself and let it all out. So for me, when I'm on the road, when I'm slightly depressed, sometimes when I just meet people, sometimes engagement also um, packs the life. Sometimes you engage with people, they're talking to you, and you feel like, okay, these thoughts are quite good underneath. So what I do sometimes is when I get these thoughts, I just rewrite it in my phone's note so I don't forget. You know how this creative thing is? One minute is here, the next have one huge writer's block that's almost suffocating you. Mm. So I always have the phone handy or I have no parts in my past wherever I'm going to.
You are still listening to Bookcast with Michael Olatsunbosun. Alright, so let's return to the book, October Blues, this collection of poems. There's this poem here, one round 17, show of hands. Let our votes count, screamed the man who has never driven a car. No one heard his voice. Men like him mean nothing in the society and contribute nothing significant either. On every election day, we are faced with the same drama. You were making reference to, you know, the elections and the rest of it earlier. Is mm-hmm. this election going to be any different? I think even the blind will say yes, judging by the progress so far that the country is making. We can see the number of people that come out to um, show solidarity or come out in solidarity to the person or whoever they are written for. So we think this for Panda's significant case in this particular collection is Every time I tell people, okay, you have to vote this year, they'll tell you something like, why do I have to vote when our votes never count? So this is a reawakening. Whatever it is, whether you think your votes don't count. And I always tell people, if you say your votes don't count, why do people bribe you to give your votes to them? You think that ballot boxes will not be abducted again this time around? If someone like you and someone like me comes out with the type of sensitization that is going on, to a great extent, I think it's going to be different from what we used to see and what we used to hear. The sensitization is massive. Everyone is coming out. And I feel like if people come out in these particular measures on mm. election day, Nigeria mm. will have all the joy you need. Because at that point, we're going to we voted this person and this person stays. So whoever voted really, once people come out massively, whoever wins, we can then say, say okay, this was a credible election because people really came out and whoever they voted emerged to win. In this poem that we are making reference to, the two lines here say every election day we are faced with the same drama. Are you sure that this election we are still not going to be faced with the same drama? Like I said, hope is really the only thing that keeps the man alive. I don't see the future. So we are just hopeful. Like I said, with the type of sensitization ongoing, we think that the drama is going to be a different drama, not the drama we used to know. Like a son in this one says, every election we are faced with the same drama. We are hopeful that this particular election will be a different drama, not the same drama, a different drama. And mm. we are hopeful here that this drama will be the type of drama that we want to watch. I'd like you to tell me, finally, your key message or key theme in this book. My key message should be that of hope and courage. And most importantly, one of the things I always tell people is when you have to speak up, speak up. When you see things going badly and you have the opportunity to speak up, never keep quiet. Because from speaking up, your voice might inspire somebody else and it triggers change. It makes that self-examining yourself. Okay, am I contributing a fair share to the growth and development of this country? Is this the Nigeria that I want my children, children, children to experience? So it's just like a wake-up call. One, it's a wake-up call. We are bringing out these stories so people can read and know that, okay, these are really our experiences. And are these experiences good? Definitely not. So I find bringing up projecting these experiences, we're also saying that there is hope. We're hopeful that someday Nigeria is going to get better. And I think for next time, that was what I've been able to capture in that collection. All right. So, Biageli, Eloa, Kasia, thank you very much for uh, speaking with me. Thank you so much, Michael. I'm so grateful for this opportunity. Thanks for listening to Bookcast with Michael Olatsumboson. Drop a comment and engage with Michael Olatsumboson on Instagram and Twitter.
at Mike Tumbosun. And join us next time on another episode of Bookcast. <laughs>